Welcome to the sermon podcast of Midway Christian Church. We're a Disciples of Christ congregation located in Midway, Kentucky. You're always welcome to join us in person or follow us on Facebook or YouTube. I invite you to hear, and if you wish to read along, with 2 Timothy chapter 1. I'm not going to be a very good uh, lectionary follower today. I'm just going to read verses 7, 8, and 9 and pray that my father does not learn about it and call me up and tell me how I have wronged him and all those who have worked hard for what the revised common lectionary stands for. But ultimately, saints, I just want to narrow in on the word. 2 Timothy chapter 1, beginning at verse number 7, I'll be reading from the New International Version. For the Spirit of God gave, for the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. The word of God for the people of God and all God's people said. Amen. Allow me to read it just one more time with some emphasis in certain spots. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace, this grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. Let the church say amen. amen. Pray about simply the message today is us. Us. Now, allow me to begin with a sincere apology. Even as I... Say thank you to the Ministerial Alliance and especially to my brother uh, for the invitation. And uh, I'm certain they, they, they simply said yes to me coming simply to be nice to you. Yeah. Amen. I, I'm certain of that. Um, but I am grateful that you said yes <laughs> for any opportunity to share. Not, not only in the, the, the delivery of the gospel, but to share in ecumenical fellowship. But because I appreciate ecumenical fellowship so much, I must give you this sincere apology. I may 
inadvertently offend someone. Because when we come from different liturgical backgrounds, when we come from different theological foundations, when we come from places where pastors and denominational creeds give us, um, give us different interpretations and understanding of the, the biblical text and uh, the, the, the culture of the day and even the politics of the day are so very divisive. Uh, not that they haven't always been. Amen. Any study of human history will show you that we're not so far removed from the way things have been since the beginning. And yet at the same time, we're the ones having to live in this time and this season. So if I say something that does not agree with your spirit, if I at some point give you something that seems more William Hale than the Almighty God, if I say something that seems to cross a line with your understanding and your faith and your interpretation, then I sincerely apologize. I do not believe that faith is fact. I do not believe that simply because I believe it, it makes it so real that I'm the right and you're the wrong. But we live in a culture in a day that is doing that more and more, so much so that we are not believing fact. I'm not saying that faith doesn't push us to believe and walk in and do the impossible. But I do believe that trusting God sometimes means that even when we think we're right, somewhere in your faith journey, I have discovered I was wrong. And I have discovered that I had been telling others wrong. That I had been excluding folks from the gospel and from the very salvation life that the church is supposed to be bringing. Because I believed something was right at one point, only to discover that I was in the wrong. Now, and so understand again, because I appreciate ecumenical fellowship, I have learned that I need to come and make that apology because ultimately I will cross a line. And so I, I'm sorry uh, now in advance, uh, as has already been mentioned as well, I have a newborn seven weeks old at home. Uh, I thank God for my wife. Um, who is an Air Force Reservist. She is Captain Chaplain uh, Melissa Hale. She was going to be with me today. Uh, but when, uh, when our little Timothy, my fourth son, her first, uh, woke up at 4 o'clock in the morning and then started doing this thing of every 10, 15 minutes wanting his pacifier put back in and uh, just going like a machine until he got it. And, and we didn't want to hear him cry because he's at that age where you want to teach him not simply to sleep on his own, but you got to also remind him that if he cries, he's heard. Amen. You know, I've let him cry and just sit there and rub his back or pat his back. At the same time, there's a moment where you're just like, look, I've had enough of this. <laughs> and you pick that baby up because he, he, he found your limit. He pushed your button. He, he, he helped you cross the line and, and you ran across it as quick as you could. Uh, so that's the kind of morning we had. So therefore... She is not with me today. Amen. Uh, but she's still doing the work of the Lord. Amen. And y'all pray for her. Y'all pray for her more than y'all pray for me. 
And I just want to do one more thing before we dig into the word. And that is simply to remind my brother that his boss is Wendy Hale. Just want to make that perfectly clear. Just want to make that perfectly clear. You can call her bishop. You can call her elder. You can call her honey. Whatever you're going to call her. We know who's in charge of Joshua Hale. Let the church say amen. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Saints, uh, turn to somebody and simply say us. I am mindful of my audience today. If you came today to be in this worship service, then some of what may be said probably does not apply to you. It applies to those who heard of an ecumenical gathering and rejected that idea. Now, just because they're not here, don't, 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 don't simply, don't simply jump to the conclusion that they rejected that idea. Some folks just got to work. Some folks had other things to do. Uh, I got folks who, who I could be, I could be going to the church next door and I don't know why, but it's, it's out of their comfort zone. So they're not necessarily going to follow me. Even when I go to the next door church, uh, it's, it's not, it's not a rejection of me. It's not a rejection of fellowship. It's not a rejection of ecumenical sharing. It's just out of their comfort zone. Amen. And so again, I realize the audience I'm speaking to are people who thought it to come, thought, th thought it not robbery to be here and, and, and appreciates this moment. Because the vision behind World Communion Sunday is the very idea that Christian denominations, no matter what label we apply on the outside, no matter what name or institution defines our theological foundation, or whether even the name of that church, uh, not the denomination, but the name of that local Christian society, uh, we found the kind of fellowship and family spirit that we wanted to belong to, even if we don't agree with everything else that the denomination holds to, we found ourselves in a place and space where the church was still getting more and more segregated. And so a minister had an idea, uh, was it nearly 100 years ago, I believe, uh, to, to, to bring denominations together, to bring various labels together, to bring the people who say they follow Christ and, and focus in just on that common reference point, which should be the ultimate reference point, to ultimately bring us together and sharing. But then if we are Christians and we're going to share, then we why not share with the one thing that we all tend to share in? That is Holy Communion. But see, here's the thing about Holy Communion. Even communion can be divisive. It, it, it can still separate us. Uh, understand that some of us celebrate an open table. All may come. And some celebrate a closed table. We need you to be a member. We need, you, we need to know that you're a Christian. Again, I may not be talking about anybody here, uh, but I may be talking about everybody here. Y'all can say amen. You can say, ouch. <laughs> you can say, help me, Lord. Or you can say, help him, Lord. <laughs> However you want to do that. But understand that while Holy Communion seems like the right place and the right time for us to come together, there are things that we need to be mindful of in order to respect one another in this moment. Because some hold to transubstantiation, the belief that, and again, I'm simplifying this, the idea that the elements literally translate into the body and blood. While some believe in consubstantiation, the belief that you're sharing in the presence of God. And if you want to push that theology a little bit further than the idea that even in the sharing of communion, we share with the saints past, present and future all in that moment. Oh, I love that idea. 
But, but I can see why a Protestant minister <laughs> would, would see why Holy Communion would be the place for us to share because it isn't just about sharing in the room. It's about sharing across the planet, across the universe, and across time itself. But again, there are those points that still divide us because some of us partake of communion every Sunday while some of us do it monthly or quarterly or on, on the high holy days. Uh, but, but understand that while we continue to talk about what's divisive about Holy Communion, because again, don't, don't get me to talking about uh, a real wine versus grape juice. We may have to choose sides of the aisle for that one, amen? <laughs> but, but, but ultimately, I remember a conversation that I had with a minister friend of mine when we were in a minister's alliance and we had all these denominations at the table and we were talking about putting a website together, but then how do we define what, who can be involved in the ministerial alliance? And we were having a real struggle with that, mostly because sometimes we were, we were still stuck in our theological understanding when, when a very wise minister, who wasn't even a pastor, he, he was just one of the associates of one of the churches, but he was one of the wisest men I ever knew who says, we're not looking for theological common ground here we're looking for relational common ground we're looking for a place and space where we can we, we, we can acknowledge Christ as Lord and maybe even some of the, the common foundations that we get in things like the Apostles Creed that seem to bind the entire church together and that maybe we can come to a place and space where we can just acknowledge the worth and the value and the personhood of all believers, even though we're separated on other points of theology and issues along the way. Isn't that beautiful? See, that's the vision behind today. I haven't even, I mean, I, I could go down a long list of all the things that divide us as church. All the theological things that separate us and the cultural things and the political things that separate us. But ultimately, what we're looking, forward, we're looking forward to trying to understand is to come to a place and space where we recognize that we are all God's creation. That each of us are made in God's image. And we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And that if we can come together in our own ways and respect one another. Respect honor one another, to treat and see and celebrate the value of God in each of us. I used to love this one preacher who used to talk about believers like they were a lighthouse. And they were talking old school lighthouse where it wasn't a, 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 it wasn't a, a light bulb in that, in, in, in that lighthouse, but it was a flame that had to be lit and, and, a, and a flame that had to be nurtured and a flame that had to be uh, uh, worked in such a way as to make sure the, the direction made it to the ships so that they, they, they avoided the rocks and and, and, but he, he liked to think of believers as a lighthouse that when we met one another, the light in me is waving at the light in you. And, and understand that even in 2 Timothy, again, a passage that could divide us because uh, my biblical uh, interpretation and understanding is that Paul had nothing really to do with writing this except that maybe, maybe some of the things that he had said or passed down through, uh, through tradition, maybe, maybe, maybe got in there. But, but somebody else wrote 2 Timothy. They just used Paul's name. Again, agree to disagree. Amen. 
But, but, but the writer of 2 Timothy is writing during a time period where the church had grown up past Paul and it was dealing with some issues. And I think, I think the writer of 2 Timothy, whoever they were, maybe interjected some of their stuff and not necessarily God's stuff in there. We can argue about that later in Bible study. Somebody say amen. But when 2 Timothy begins, it begins with a word of encouragement to remind us of who we are and whose we are. Simplifying that by simply saying, remember that, 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 that God, God has blessed you with a spirit. Not a spirit of fear, not a spirit of timidity, not a spirit to step back, but a spirit of boldness, a, a spirit of, uh, of courage, a spirit to step into to the fire and the flame in order to let the love of God shine through you. Because he's giving you that spirit of power. He's giving you that spirit of agape love. He's giving you that spirit of self-discipline to overcome your own pride and your own ego and your own arrogance and your own sin and your own issues. In order to be the instrument that God wants you to be. But over and over again in this encouraging word. He keeps using the word us. And it's not just in this passage. You can go to the Lord's prayer. The Lord's prayer is not a me passage. It's a we passage. Over and over again it's about praying for us. Give us our daily bread. Forgive us of our trespasses. It's an us thing. And I encourage you today to remember that this is about us. Even on Sundays where we're in our places and our spaces, I, I, I encourage you to pray for us. Uh, when, when you're out and about and you're inviting somebody to your church, remember they don't necessarily have to come to your church. I would invite you to remember us. I would invite you to, to come to a place where you meet people who are on the other side of what you believe and what you think and see the personhood in them. No matter what their gender identity might be. No matter what their political affiliation might be. No matter what their church denomination might be. No matter where they stand in all the things that are dividing the United States and the world. I, I invite you to see the us in them. I invite you to let your flame wave at their flame. Even if they don't believe. Even if they don't know where they stand with God. There's a flame in there that God ignited and made. They are the us. While we, we even differ on sometimes what, what's actually going to get you to heaven. And I think we all might be surprised <laughs> that when we find ourselves over on the other side, it'll be us in the presence of the Most High God. So as we prepare our hearts to come before Holy Communion and do it in our own way, in our own belief structure, in our own liturgical practices... No matter what is prayed or what is said, when we come, we come to be us. We come to be us. We come to be us. Don't forget it's all about us. Let all God's people say amen. amen. Bless the word, Lord. Bless your people, Lord. Bless your church, Lord. And bless the entire. Don't leave anybody out, Lord. Bless the entire human race. Past, present, and future, please, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this sermon podcast of the Midway Christian Church. If you'd like to learn more about our congregation, please go to our website at midwaychristian.org.